The following podcast contains dramatizations of actual events. Certain situations, dialogue, names, and locations may have been changed. Some scenes are graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. It never ceases to amaze me how patients try to hide things from me. And it usually has to do with sex. You don't need to cut off his clothes, Doc. He's already naked. Whoa, so he is. Why were you naked? Who cares why I was naked? It was auto. What? What happened there? Baby, I'm so sorry, but my aunt is here. You know, it's supposed to be welcome home, welcome home. I'm exhausted. I'm going to take a nap. Okay, we're going to find some place, somewhere. And we're going to do it. What the hell? Oh, God. How do you stop having an orgasm? You won't stop. It's not a normal complaint. (laughs) Having a five-minute orgasm or an hour-long orgasm would be a really, really awesome experience until you actually experience it. Can you tell me the level of pain that you're experiencing from zero through ten? Zero. Oh, Doc, I don't don't think I told you the whole truth. (laughs) It was a weekday. It was a Friday morning. Yeah, we we both had to work, and... uh, We were just having a quickie before work. Good morning. (laughs) It all started innocently. It was just an average morning roll in the hay for the two of us. Best orgasm ever. Mm. I needed to make sure that you wouldn't forget me when you go to Germany. (sighs) (sighs) Okay. I gotta get going. And she was moaning and, and kind of, you know, just sort of stretching out on the bed. She seemed to be having this fantastic orgasm. It was as though we were still having sex, even though we had stopped for uh, some minutes. Um, uh, we still got some time left, huh? <laughs> I remember looking at the time when I silenced my alarm clock. I remember thinking to myself, well, we've been at it for at least 15 minutes now. I was like, wow, this this is unusual. Hey, come on. I gotta get moving. At first, it's kind of fun. And you're like, wow, this has never happened. You know, how long is this gonna last? It's almost 8.30. The meter maids are coming soon. You gotta move your car. It won't stop. What? Are you still having an orgasm? Yes. It was only after about 20 minutes that we sort of got the idea that maybe this was gonna be a problem. This had never happened before, and so it took us completely by surprise. The first five or so minutes were pleasurable. Most people have never been through this experience would think having a five-minute orgasm or an hour-long orgasm would be a really, really awesome experience until you actually experience it. Give me my phone. It's in my bag. I ended up calling every medical professional I'd ever seen in my entire life, trying to get somebody to give me an answer. I've, uh, I've had an orgasm for half an hour. It won't stop. 
Not. What do I do? <laughs> Stop it. Really? Really? Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Thank you. Thanks. What did he say? He wants me to go to the emergency room. Maybe, maybe we'll just fight it out. Maybe it'll stop. I don't, I don't know this. If the doctor said... I don't even have health insurance, Eric. Who's going to pay for this? Oh, God. Oh. It wasn't so much that we were trying to avoid going to the hospital. It's just that we didn't want to make it our first option. I started hopping up and down to see if that would do anything. There was nothing we could come up with to get me to stop orgasming. Try this. I started trying to drink wine to see if that would calm down my system. I tried just about every possible thing I could do to stop having an orgasm. I have a friend who was a resident at Columbia at the time. So I sent her a text message and described my symptoms, and she asked me whether, you know, whether it was a persistent or uh, whether it was coming and going, and I told her it was persistent. Because she said, take uh, any histamine, um, the, the extra strength, let's hurry. Oh. Oh. So now I'm walking the three blocks to the drugstore. I made my way back to the apartment. I could hear her moaning all the way down the hall. And I remember thinking, damn, it's still going. What the hell? Oh, oh God, give me the pills quick. Would you like some water with that? Babe, we need to get you to the ER. I allow Eric to direct me in many things in my life, and at that moment in my life, he directed me that I was going to the hospital. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, this is good. good. We're good. We're good. I realized there is no way we are getting clothes on her. Okay, okay, okay. New plan. Ow! Sorry, babe. Okay, okay. Give me your hand. Give me your hand. Okay. Right. Right arm. Right arm. Right arm first, sweetie. Okay, yeah. Having to walk while having an orgasm is like walking in jello. Okay, here we go. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. Oh, oh. It's a difficult thing to do but I had to put mind over matter to make it work. And I remember worrying a lot that there might be some neighbors in the elevator. And what's it going to look like if I'm standing there with this girl who's looking like a complete mess, having a loud orgasm? <laughs> we got to the hospital without incident and pretty quickly. It's okay, baby. Hold on, hold on, in here, hold on this chair. Hold on this chair, come on. Okay. Coming in the door in a full orgasm. Oh, oh. Are you okay? Are you going to labor? I was not going to tell them what I was there for until they brought me back and admitted me, so they instantly admitted me. Take her back to Bay 5, I'll have a doctor there immediately. Sir, you can take a seat, we'll take care of her. I'll get your information in a moment. Uh. 
You know, as much of a relief as it was to have her in the hospital, now there were eyes on me and I was still feeling very, you know, tense and uptight and uh, uncertain about what was going on and what was going to happen. All right, Liz, can you tell me the level of pain that you're experiencing from zero through ten? Zero. Okay. Do you have any medical problems? All right, I'm going to do a pelvic exam just to see if there's anything unusual causing your prolonged orgasm, all right? You're going to remember this day for the rest of your life. You got that right. Everybody in the waiting room obviously had the wrong idea about what had brought us in there that morning. I remember feeling like a total fraud. <sighs> Have you taken any drugs, like ecstasy or anything else? No, I take a sleeping pill. I, I, I took antihistamines like half hour ago. All right, nurse draw CBC, a BMP. And they kept asking me, like, are you sure? Do you trust your partner that they didn't uh, drug you or something like that? I'm going, why on earth would Eric drug me? We're going to figure this out for you, all right? Uh. I looked at the clock. It was 11.40. Then I thought, well, wow, that was three and a half hours since the orgasm started. Let's give her some diazepam, all right, and run those tests. So they went to a dispensary to try and get the Valium, and while they were still writing up the paperwork, I stopped. At first, it was just sheer disbelief. I didn't believe it, and I was afraid it was going to start right back up, and it didn't. So, how are you doing? Stopped. I'm fine. Well, well, that's good. Mm -hmm. You must be tired then. <laughs> I start to have an actual ability to do something other than have an orgasm. It's a very physically and emotionally and mentally taxing experience to have an orgasm for three and a half hours. It's over now. We can go. So arguably, without really knowing, Liz's use of an antihistamine eventually changed the excess of facilitators that were promoting this orgasmic, unregulated activity. We were leaving without any newborn baby, and there were definitely some cute, confused looks in the waiting room. I guess the antihistamines worked. Really? That's it? They didn't do anything else to you back there? No. God, I hope that never happens again. But didn't work out that way. Because initially it was just, like, after sex, and then it got to the point where I could just be, like, doing whatever, watching TV, walking down the street, and I could have an orgasm out of the blue. I would only go places with friends that I knew understood what was going on with me. It's been a while. How are you? I'm, I'm okay. Um, some days are better than others. I could sometimes hold it off for short periods of time by holding my breath. Uh, and I would get out of public situations as quickly as possible. Uh, excuse me. I didn't run my life. My body ran my life for me. Sorry, guys. It was very depressing. It got to the point where I would, have, I would have as many as 12 spontaneous prolonged orgasms in one day. I was going from specialist to specialist to specialist, and they didn't know what to do with me. It was a very hard time in my life. I couldn't hardly pay my bills because I kept going on and off of unemployment. I was unemployable. 
the original fear was that it was the sleeping pills I was taking. And so they switched me to a different sleeping pill, which did not work. And they had me on antidepressants at the time. All right, Liz, I just need you to relax, sit still. We're going to run that test. It was a lot of work before I could get anybody to understand me and try and help me and work with me. <sighs> the brain gets tricked when it receives messages that are headed for the sexual reflex without its permission. <sighs> so reflexes are generally controlled by a balance of chemicals in the brain. <sighs> in Liz's case, one would have to gather that Without her permission, the excitation chemicals in the brain were in great excess, and her inhibition chemicals were just not to be found. My most concise explanation is that I was misdiagnosed as being depressed, and I was given antidepressants. Antidepressants are the wrong medication for you to be taking. They're making the problem worse. Are you kidding me? Antidepressants exacerbate her persistent orgasmic dysfunction because they actually change brain chemistry. That's their job. At the end of the day, after a lot of research was done, they finally determined that I'm bipolar, and they had to switch me from antidepressants to bipolar meds. I'm going to write you a prescription for valproic acid. Valproic acid is an anti-seizure medication. Uh, of its many actions, one is to increase what is called GABA, gamma-aminobutyric acid, which is a strong inhibitor of activity for orgasm. We'll need to monitor your dosage, but I think it'll work for you. So you're telling me that I've been taking the wrong meds for a year. Liz's condition is fortunately managed well with valproic acid administration. I hope you're right. In all my months and months of research and trying to figure out what was wrong with me, I found two different studies in the world of people with similar situations. And it looks like about 100 people worldwide have spontaneous prolonged orgasms. It's very rare. I got down to where I was having them only daily. And then I got down to where I was only having them every other day. And then maybe it was about once a week. And then maybe it was about once a month. And it took about four, maybe five months before they were totally and completely under control. It's probably been about a year since I've had one. My diagnosis is I have to take meds every day for the rest of my life, and I don't live in fear. I have a very happy sex life, and that's a really great feeling. I'm Jordan Moskov. I've been an ER doctor for 14 years, and it never ceases to amaze me how patients try to hide things from me, even though I'm here to help them. And it usually has to do with sex. Ambulance just arrived with the failure to fly. Three stories. I had to fly. Ouch. All right, let's get uh, trauma two ready. 
Failure to fly is basically a fall from a height. It's part of the gallows humor of the ER. Anytime someone falls from any kind of height, whether it's out of a window or off a bridge, we call it a failure to fly. So what do you got? A seven-year-old male fell from a three-story window. Vitals are surprisingly okay. All we found were a bunch of cuts and bruises, and he possibly broke his right arm and leg, so we splinted those. We actually found him trying to crawl back into the building. Someone who's fallen from a height can have very serious injuries. That's usually they're gonna have broken pelvis, internal bleeding, they could die. Hey buddy, what's your name? Tony, doc. My leg is killing me over here. My arm too. I need something for the pain. What else hurts? I fell over a third floor window. What do you think? Everything hurts. Kathy, <sighs> let's get an IV started. Then draw a rainbow, <sighs> including a tox screen. Then I want you to give him eight milligrams of morphine, IV push. Mike, get him on the monitor. Once that's done, cut off all his clothes so I can get a good exam. You don't need to cut off his clothes, Doc. He's already naked. Whoa, so he is. Yeah. Morphine's in, Doc. <sighs> Tony, you feel up to tell me what happened? Sure, Doc. I was out uh, cleaning the windows, you know? I guess I leaned a little too far over. I fell face first. Bam! Right out of it. Any reason why you were naked? Ah. Uh, <laughs> I was hot, Doc. <laughs> you know, it's summertime. Okay, Kathy, let's call portable chest x-ray. Get a full trauma series. I'm on it. Hi, Tony. I'd like to get some information from you while you're here. Do you have an emergency contact number? What do you need that for? I'm here, right? The emergency's over. Do you have a family member we could contact in case something happens? So, uh, Tony, you married? Yeah, it's true, but I don't know her cell number. You know, speed dial ruins our memory. Well, you definitely broke some bones. You have a fracture here in your tib fib, a crack here in your femur, and you broke a couple bones in your wrist. But for a fall from 30 feet, I'd say you're a pretty lucky guy. Great news, Tony. I was able to find you in our computer system from a previous visit. I found your wife's phone number as the emergency contact. I was able to reach her, and she's on her way. I'm gonna need a little more morphine, Doc. My patient didn't have serious breaks from his fall, so we were able to set his arm and leg right there in the ER. He didn't seem so concerned about his breaks. He seemed much more concerned about his wife coming to visit him. Well, you're gonna be out of commission for a while, but it could have been a lot worse. I think it just got a lot worse. Tony! Tony, where is he? Tony! Where's my baby? Tony, my husband, where is he? Tony! Oh, baby! What is all this? What happened to you? I go away for a couple of days and you're in the hospital? It's okay, baby. I'm fine, I fell out the window. I'm fine though, baby, I'm fine. How was your trip? How's your sister? How can you be fine? Look at you. You fell out the window? How does that happen? Doc, is he really fine? Amazing, really, but just a couple of broken bones. Oh. See, it takes more to fall out a window or take out a guy like me, just like I was before. Nothing's changed. Thank heaven. I can't go away for a couple of days without you falling out a window. So what happened? Okay, okay. I wanted to clean the place up because I knew you were coming home today. I decided to clean the windows, but I must have leaned out a little bit too far. And next thing you know, I got a couple of gas. Crazy, right? You were cleaning the windows? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to clean the windows and make everything nice and pretty for your arrival. I miss my little honey bear. 17 years of marriage and you never put away a dirty dish, let alone cleaned a window. Look, 
I was cleaning the windows. But the important thing here is that I'm okay after my fall. Speaking of which, I'm gonna need some more medication, Doc. Hey, Doc, a detective's here, wants to ask some questions. Can I send him in? It's not unusual at all for the police to be called to the scene of a trauma. Anytime someone falls out of a window, the police will be called just to make sure there's nothing unusual going on. Is that okay with you, Tony? I'm sure it's just routine. Yep, nothing to hide here. I was guilty of my own incompetence. You're the gentleman who fell out of the window? I usually stay when the police are present with the patient just to make sure that the patient's doing okay, that there's no stress reactions, that the patient doesn't need anything while they're being interviewed, but also partly because I'm kind of curious to see how things are going to play out. I don't need one of those lawyers, do I? <laughs> no need for that. You're not in any trouble. I'm pretty sure of that. Your neighbors called us when they heard screaming from the bushes. Then they went on to describe a naked man trying to crawl back into the entrance of the building. I think we can assume that's you. Why were you naked? Who cares why I was naked? It was auto. Are you aware that your apartment had been robbed? What? Looks like someone went in there and turned all the dressers upside down. So you're telling me our apartment got ransacked and robbed? How long did it take you guys to get there? Six minutes from the call, sir. Do you mind telling me how it is you came to fall out of the window? I was cleaning the windows. Sir, our officers didn't find any cleaning supplies by the windows or on the ground. In fact, they're saying that it appears around the window area there was a scuffle. What? What happened there? My patient seems to have been injured in some way other than cleaning his windows. Wait, Ange? You were cleaning the windows. Ange? You were Take naked? easy. I can explain. What the hell were you doing Take up there, you son stop of a it. bitch? Stop. Stop. What was I doing up there? I told you I was cleaning the windows. Were you with another woman? You were with another woman? Were you with another woman? Are you I'm kidding, kidding me? Oh, Are you kidding oh, me? Oh, 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 I can't believe you. How did you do it? How many So now it's complete chaos. His wife is now hitting him. He is screaming bloody murder. He's asking, he's screaming for me to save him. I have no desire to get in the middle of this one because I'm thinking she's going to hit me. my chest. I think I'm having a heart attack. Doc, he's doc, clutching doc. his chest, screaming he's having a heart attack. I can't tell if he's actually having a heart attack. Mike, let's get a stat EKG. Kathy, 325 of aspirin and have nitrates and beta blockers ready. Oh, doc, my chest is killing me. It feels like there's an elephant sitting on me. Mike, can you print out that EKG? Yep, Tony, looks like you're having a heart attack. So because of his fall, I can't send him to a cath lab. So anything I have to do for the heart attack, I have to do right there in the emergency department. Kathy, four milligrams of morphine. IV push. Tony, it's important you tell me what happened to you today. You gotta be honest with me so that I can help you. Kathy, can you step out for a minute? Tony, I get the feeling something more went on this weekend. Were you using any drugs? Drugs? No. You can check my urine, Doc. So I'm gonna need more information from him to figure out why he's having this heart attack. The problem is that if he's been using certain drugs, those can interact with the medications I'm going to use. So I need as much information as I can to know why he's having this heart attack so I can treat him appropriately. Tony, you can understand from our relationship so far how I might be a little bit skeptical. Doc, I did not use drugs. <sighs> oh, Doc, I don't, I don't think I told you the whole truth. My patient was clearly lying to me about the events that caused him to get a broken leg and an arm. 
but a sharp pain in the chest will often cause a patient to come clean. Eric, Mike, print out another EKG <sighs> for me. Tony, just relax. Take some deep breaths. Listen, depending on what drugs you may have used, they can interact with the medications we use in a heart attack and make things a lot worse. So it's important that you tell me the entire story. Okay. So the wife goes out of town to visit her sister. I invite a friend over. You know what I mean? And we have some drinks and we do a little blow. And I took one of those erection pills. And that's it. That's all it took. So I tell him, because of the cocaine and the erection meds and the fall, the only thing I can give him for his heart attack is an aspirin. Aspirin? Yeah, an aspirin. So this is a major problem. I want to use nitroglycerin for a patient with a heart attack, and I want to use beta blockers for a patient with a heart attack. But anyone who's been using cocaine and erection pills, they can't get either one of those. If I give you anything else, it's going to interact with the drugs you took and make things worse. So aspirin, that's all I can give you. All right, am I going to live, Doc? Yeah, you're going to live. And hopefully you'll live to make better choices. Did you learn anything from this, Tony? Hmm, I think. So in this case, a guy's wife goes out of town. First bad decision is he gets a hooker. Second bad decision is he gets a whole bunch of drugs that he can't afford. Third bad decision is he brings her back to his place. And the fourth bad decision is she's bigger than him. So she throws him out of the window. Great. Well, I'm glad we had this little chat. When our relationship blossomed, he was in Houston and I was in Los Angeles. It was probably about seven months or so, six or seven months, because we lived in different cities. Well, I was really excited that he was coming. So it was like counting down the weeks, like, okay, you know, this is the third week, this is the second week, one more week. We had been talking with each other on and off, well, really every other day or so. And finally, I ended up coming back to L.A. Naturally, you know, I'm a woman, and, you know, I got my needs, and I they weren't being fulfilled because he wasn't in town. So I was really excited that he was coming. And so I'm all like hormones, just rushing. Yeah, got really extremely, extremely ready to, you know, have fun. Baby, damn. Have a shot. Come here. <laughs> she was just really open and honest and fun and a risk taker with me. So I was, that's, I love it. Listen, baby, baby, I'm so sorry, but my aunt is here. I drove out here with my aunt from Houston, and um, she had already reserved us a room. Is that soon? Hi, sweetie. Come on over here and give me a hug. Hi, Marilyn. He was staying in the same hotel room as his aunt, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, why? I thought you were going to have a separate hotel room. Like, what are you doing? You know, it's supposed to be welcome home, welcome home, you know. So how are you, dear? How's work? Uh, I'm great, great. Work's good. Dizzy. That's good. Dizzy's good. Makes a day go by faster. I remember when I was your age, I was working all the time. 60 hours a week and never a complaint ever. Come here. What are we gonna do? I don't know. Every room's sold out, babe. So as I was saying, I used to work all the time. If I wasn't sleeping, I was working. You know, all this talk about work is making me hungry. You hungry, Auntie Marilyn? 
Because I hear the hotel is a great restaurant downstairs and it's open 24 hours. Oh my goodness, that's right. Auntie, hey, did you want to go check that out? I mean, we did have such a long drive. Maybe a bite to eat would be good. I don't know, I'm so tired. Auntie, come on, you used to tell me this all the time. There's nothing better than going to sleep with a full stomach. I'm trying to convince her all I can. Please leave the room. Like, however long you're gonna give us, just go. You two are sweet, but I'm just gonna stay here. I'm beat. She was like, oh, you know, I'm gonna go to sleep. So I'm like, okay, let me just go ahead and jump into the wild side of me. You know, I like to take risks. I like spontaneous stuff. So I was like, okay, that's fine. And my aunt was just like, she didn't see her flirting with me. You know, she's rubbing me. And she was standing behind her making all types of and faces. I'm all like, like just, just, just real hot. And, and like showing and, him that. So we had to get creative and think, where are we going to go to have our little fun? I think I was just so like, oh my God, I want you now. So it kind of happened really fast. Let's get out of here. Mm. Where? I don't know. I don't know. Just go anywhere. Let's go. I'm exhausted. I'm going to take a nap. That's a great idea. Yeah. You know what? You, that's fine. You change okay. your mind. Right out of your way. Or anything. That's you no know, problem. got my cell phone number. Um, we'll be right back. I mean, I love you. You know? You look, yeah. Just it's great to call. see you. Great to see yeah. you. Bye bye, you two. Don't get into too much trouble. And that's when we just had to do it. And we went for it. We were it. both on we're, the same page same at that page. point. Like, okay, we're going to find some place, somewhere. And we're going to do it. And it. The thought process was pretty much we are about to get it on uh, by any means necessary. Try that one. What? Some girl come here. Oh, so, and we're like all kissing and, you know, walking down the hall, like fondling each other and stuff like that. We eventually found this closet. I guess it was kind of like a janitor's closet or something, but so it was like this space about like this big. Let's do this. And, you know, we looked around, didn't see anybody, and, you know. So it was like a door, and then on the other side of the door, it was an elevator. So it was like this space about, like, this big, and... Oh, my gosh. Is somebody coming? That made it more exciting, though, because the fact that we possibly could get caught. We eventually found this closet. Let's do this. And, you know, we looked around, didn't see anybody, and, you know... Doesn't even lock. We're about to get dirty in a dirty closet, and you're worried about that? Mm. And I tried to stop, but she kept <laughs> pushing back. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, like, like, be quiet at like, this. Like, That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, like, and then the don't spoil this moment. You're crazy. You love it. just more so like, oh my gosh, I miss you so much. We're going to do this right here and right now. If somebody catches us, oh, well, we're going to get caught. But we're having fun. <laughs> so it was like a door. And then on the other side of the door, it was an elevator. So it was like this space about like this big. And oh my gosh, is somebody coming? That made it more exciting, though, because the fact that we possibly could get caught. Okay, I don't think anybody's there. Even if there was. We're probably there like 20 minutes or so. Yeah, probably about 20 minutes we're in the closet. So it was fun. It was crazy. I just popped my collar, literally. I flipped my collar up like I'm the man. I wiped the sweat off my forehead. <laughs> it's 
too. Let's go to my car. You okay? Yeah, yeah, I'll be fine. I was walking okay right after, but then I still did feel weird, but I was like all happy and stuff, so I didn't want to really address it. Mm -mm. She's like kind of like walking stiff. Like something's down there, you know, like it just, it was very uncomfortable feeling. So, yeah. We started kissing, but she kept like stopping. We were kidding. I'm like, what's what's wrong? She's like, something's wrong down there. Something wrong with your heels? Mm-mm. You know I can fix that. And she's like, no, for real, something's wrong down there. I'm like, okay, for real. Let me fix the problem, you know? And she's like, no, like, I'm serious. I'm freaked out, Rashad. You take a look at it? Take a look at it? Yes, you idiot. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, it just doesn't feel right at all. And it was extremely, extremely uncomfortable. Oh, my God. What's wrong? Um, it's... Tell me. What? Um, it was like her vagina, it was like flipped inside out. But you know what? It's, it's okay, baby. Just relax. You're going to be all right. Easy for you to say. My vagina's on fire, and if it looks half as bad as it feels... It's swollen, okay? It's just swollen. Maybe we can put some... I don't know, like ice on it? Ice? That's ridiculous. I'm not putting ice on it. Think of something else. Maybe anytime anything's swollen, you put ice on it. I don't know, you want to go to the hospital? So I was like, if you don't want to put ice on it, like, do you feel you need to go to the hospital, you know? Yes, hospital. Right now? Yeah, right now. What do you think? You drive. Okay. It was so terrible the way I was walking. Like, people were all looking like, why is she walking like that? Like, what were they doing, you know? Damn. So what brings you two in? You know what, I actually think it's probably a better question uh, for her to answer. Well, I'm having some inflammation down there. It was really embarrassing trying to explain the situation. What do you think caused that? Well, we were intimate. And what happened? What's wrong? Soon after, I started feeling uncomfortable down there. You're gonna have to be more specific. My vagina is swollen. I'm in a lot of pain. You could have just said so, honey. Follow me. I'll get you into a gown. Get you to a doctor. God, you won't take you out of your mind. It's extremely embarrassing for a patient to come to the emergency room with any sort of sexual problem. That being said, when a patient comes to the ER, they're at such distress and in such of their wit's end that I think that they're very, very open to whatever is going to happen. Hi, Sion. I'm Dr. Barrett. Hi. So you started feeling there was some pain uh, soon after intercourse? Yeah. It was just a little uncomfortable at first, but it just kept getting worse. When we finally saw the doctor, it was it was similar questions, but he was more like technical and, you know, doctor terms on the situation. And so it made me feel a little bit better. Well, we'll get you into the stirrups here and take a look. This might feel a little bit uncomfortable, so I'll give you a topical lidocaine. The next thing is going to be to see if there's any maybe lacerations um, or anything like that. And just take a look at all the skin and the flesh and the tissue to see exactly what's going on with this particular case. This might be a little bit cold. We could possibly see some small lacerations. Hopefully none have to be sewn. Is everything okay, doctor? Please tell me it's okay. Doctor? It looks like it's a severe case of vaginal ecchymosis. Is it serious? 
Am I gonna be okay? What does that even mean? You should be just fine. There's just some minor tearing and, and a little bit of swelling. Tearing? Just minor tearing, likely due to the time between sex. Sometimes women are naturally lubricated and don't need lubricant, but I would say as a preventative, lubricant can help with chafing and with excess rubbing and tissue wear. Most importantly, no sex for two weeks which will allow for the swelling to come down and give you a chance to heal down there. Um, sorry, did you say two weeks? And make sure to use a lubricant. Oh, yeah. You can get dressed now, and you're good to go. Uh, we'll get an ice pack for now for the pain and to help bring the swelling down. Who goes to the ER after having some good loving for a long time? Thank you, doctor. Remember, ice it. Well, I did tell you about the ice. There's your ice.